Hi, I'm Rob Vanstone, and welcome to the Rider Rumblings video podcast. Uh, we're doing these periodically during the off-season as events warrant. Uh, free agency is looming, so we're going to discuss that. The deadline is February 11th at 11 a.m., so set my alarm for that day. Uh, <laughs> with me is my worthy constituent, Dr. Murray McCormick, and we're going to discuss uh, uh, what the riders need, what they've done so far. I'm going to throw a lot of the questions at Murray because he's been uh, working the free agency angle, and I'm preparing to go to the Lutheran Invitational Tournament and eat lethal quantities of pizza. Oh, good so, um how about we talk about what they've done first? What they've done first? I, they've done a, they've done a pretty nice job. I think they have. I think Cameron did. Judge was the, was the main one. Yeah, and I also you know, Cameron Judge was huge. I think the fact, and I think kind of based on my look, he needs another year in the CFL, and I think this gives him a chance to get. He's really good, but I think if he gets a chance to sort of stand out here, and he he really helps him in terms of the Canadian ratio at that position. And you know, there's a possibility they could move him to Mac, but I think he's such a good will linebacker there. You wouldn't want to put him in the middle, but he's a he was a huge signing. Uh, the John Ryan signing is looks like a bit of a hometown thing, but the Riders really had no choice in punters. There are no punters left. The, when the Red Blacks locked up uh, Leone and uh, Ward as their two kickers, there was no punters left out there that could really step in and do it. There was Josh Bartell, who's still out there, but we both know how Craig Dickinson was down on Josh Bartell's tackling which still is the strange, one of those strange things. But so I, I mentioned it to Don John. You kind of had the upper hand in these negotiations. You kind of knew they needed a punter. And he said, "Yeah, he mentioned that that the, the field was pretty pretty short. Pretty, the pool was pretty shallow." But you know the Riders plus had, he's John Ryan. Plus he's John. Ryan. Plus he does. He answers so many things. He gives you the hometown thing. He's a great part of the community, and he's a pretty. And I think. There's a lot of people slamming him. And I think in the first half of the season, it was deserved criticism. But I think as the season... I think it was garbage. Well... It was total garbage. He was averaging more than 50 yards a I punt. Still think he, he was on pace to set a CFL record that he set in 2005. But he wasn't... He was, there wasn't punting in between the lines, between the numbers very well. His net averages, I think he's seventh in net average, which is really the whole thing of punting. And so... But I think he, he adjusted better in the second half. And I think he became – he also made some big, long punts that changed games down the stretch. And we I was going to write that down, but I forgot. But there was one game he had three punts that just literally changed field position and helped the Riders with the win. But I think he admits – when I was, we've talked about this a little bit – that when you kick a punt down the middle in the NFL, it's a fair catch. In the CFL, it's returned. And he said he still had a hard time adjusting to that mindset. So he really was learning. But he How just, about tackling somebody? Well, that's true, too. You can't really have that. I mean, he, he, he puts a punt into orbit. There's plenty of hang time, and this punt still goes back a considerable distance. Yeah. There was one punt return for a touchdown last year. The Riders had, I think, four guys within within 10 yards of the returner, something with it. Four, four guys within proximity to the returner, and he outran them all. And yeah, it wasn't a punt to the sidelines. He absolutely skied the punt. All they have to do is tackle but somebody. Unfortunately, those numbers end up as the punter's numbers. Exactly. And, and so, that's what they so are. It's ridiculous. It's like, yeah. it's like uh, when a quarterback uh, gets blamed for an interception when the receiver tips the ball to a DB. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was absolutely... Or an interception is returned on a two-point convert. Is exactly. It was absolutely ridiculous the way yeah. people were going after John Ryan last year. People should have been kissing his feet for being here and punting the way he did. And instead, there was quibbling, 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 grumbling, grumbling, grumbling. It was the stupidest thing. 
Okay, well, there, I, that's I, my tangent for the day. I don't. I think he's going to be better this year. I think he's going to be the, his net funding is going to go up. He's going to work on it. One of the things that John Ryan does, I know it doesn't feed into your rant. He works so hard to be in shape as a punter. Like he, he's him and his wife Sarah Colonna is a comedian actress, and they're going to go on tour, and he's going to bring a bag of balls with him, and he's going to work out as hard as he can, and punting every all by himself. You know, he's been doing that since he was a little guy, but overlooked in as how how his work ethic is reason why he's going to be. 39 after the Great Cup and still punting in this in professionally. So, yeah, I think he could have stayed in the NFL. Don't you kind of think? You know, I I don't I don't watch punters. The kicking game's gotten so irrelevant now in the it's, NFL. It's it's cheaper to 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 draft a guy like Michael Dixon out of college. Yeah. And part of the problem becomes in the NFL. Once you've been there for a while, there's a certain minimum salary, and is, and do you spend that on a punter? Right. And I, you know, if if John Ryan could could turn back time and say, hey, I'm 24 years old again and I'm making money that a 24-year-old NFLer would make with the leg that he still has and the savvy yeah. that he possesses, he'd be punting down there. Yeah. But uh, the calendar sometimes uh, work, works against you. Um, There's another re-sign. Uh, today, are you signing Ed today? Ganey today. Ed Ganey. And then, you know, Ed Ganey didn't, I don't think Ed Ganey had his best season, but it still was pretty good. You know, he's pretty solid. You know, it doesn't mean they have to go out and find a free agent to fill that hole. But it brings back the band together from last year. Yeah, Marshall the whole, the Ganey, back. Edom, yeah, Edom, Purifoy, and LJ McCray. So they have the, all the starters back from last year, which is a good thing because they're all used to Jason Shiver's type of defense. I think it's a pretty shrewd I think it was, I, it was kind of funny. I thought it wasn't going to come back. I just thought the Riders might look go another way at that defensive halfback position. But bring Ganey back. He's well he's well liked, well respected in the locker room. He's popular in the community. I know that's you and I talk about that, but it's pretty important. And it keeps the secondary intact. And this was a pretty good secondary last year. And we both have maybe our first mention, twenty twenty Great Cups here, our first mention of twenty twenty. Especially when you look yep. at too uh, the importance of inside receivers in the Canadian football league. And he's he covers uh, and, the best. And interior defensive back. Uh, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna lose some of those battles. But you're going to win some. I go back to Dwight Anderson in 2013. And yeah, there were times when Dwight Anderson got beat. But when you really needed a play made, yeah. it was good to have the veteran back there. And I think that veteran presence, as opposed to in a year that is as important as this one is, to be having auditioning somebody to cover the inside receivers in this league, I would rather go with what I know. And that's yeah. Ed Ganey. But also allows him to maybe get a little sort of imaginative and defensive back and maybe go after a guy like Frankie Williams. I know was an all-star corner with Hamilton. One of these, but he's a great returner. They need a returner. And Frankie Williams, I think, offers, he can give you the, the backup. Because it's, it's, it's not very, it's not as often defensive backs or returners, but it's not that rare. But he gives you that kind of talent to be a, maybe play the, an extra cover guy or, or maybe help out McCray or something, Martin, Nick Marshall. But he's an outstanding returner, and they have no returners. I, yeah, I mean, they Kyran, have guys. Kyran Moore is a good punt returner. Yeah, Lucius Purifoy is a good uh, kick returner. But, but I don't think Kyran Moore is so important to the offense, and he's going to he's, he's going to put so much on his Fitbit this year with the way Jason Moss uses him that I'm yeah. not sure you want to use up some of those exactly. uh, some of those kilometers on on punt returns. They need a they need a dedicated returner. And Frankie, who is going to be Frankie Williams darn is, good. He's going to draw like. One thing I like to throw with Fred, I don't have. It's not my money that I'm spending. So, and not really. I don't. I don't really. You can tell by that shirt. Yes, isn't it kind of nice? Sorry, Fitz. somebody is missing some drapery. Oh, geez, that's sorry. A bad joke. Uh, I don't. 
money is important, but I think the, the I just kind of picked the phrase who's going to be the best guy they can get. And then Jeremy O'Day can work out the numbers to get him on the roster. I also look at free agents. I look at youth. I kind of think more money, spend more money on a 26-year-old free agent than a 30-year-old free agent. I just think there's more of a, even with the one-year contract. Although they're all saying one-year contracts anyway. Yeah, so it doesn't really matter. But you get some good young guys in there and maybe maybe help building that sort of foundation. So that's what I think. But Williams is one of these young guys. If we can go on here. How about I list the three spots I think the riders for with returners is they need an impact wide receiver, regardless of whatever happens with Shaq Evans, who, who may and may not sign. I think they could use a speed guy there. Why they, not just put Kenny Stafford out there? I know. That's the other. They, they have a lot of. That's it. Actually, what, a, what of, about Paul McRoberts? Well, that's right. Kind of my brain wanders. In, in, and he was here all year. They didn't yeah. play him. You know, what about I Paul, keep, Paul McRoberts? I keep looking at my free agent chart and I'm going, you know, they have stuff in house that they can fill. Like Paul yeah. McRoberts, Kenny Stafford as receivers. They got Lenius and they got McInnes, two first round, basically first round draft picks last year, who are tall and big and should be able to step up in their second years. And they have, the, you know, they have the, so they have people in house. I don't know if they have to spend big money on a wide receiver. They're going to get Shaq Evans back if they get Shaq Evans back. But Darrell Walker would be a nice guy. I like Devaris Daniels. I think he's a guy who's played with Edmonton with Jason Mods for a bit, and he'd bring that sort of. You know, that he did some familiarity with the position. Yeah, but, but just resign Shaq Evans. Just if you're going to spend that money, spend Mason. it on Shaq Evans. Yeah. Do you think he can do two years in a row, though? Uh, I think he's just getting started. Do you? Yeah, he's 29 years old, but he had he his first year wasn't that great. Wait, but, but last pretty year, good until he got to the goal line. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, he had he had issues with drop passes, etc. Uh, last year he was tremendous yeah. and uh, proved Big a lot play. of people wrong. Big proved proved me absolutely wrong. Um, and with another year with Cody Fajardo, uh, with a with a Jason Moss system that I think is is pays pays a little more attention to the to vertical, to, I think is going to emphasize vertical passing. Um, you just wonder what Evans and Fajardo could year, do in year two together. Yeah. I, and why mess with that? Kyron Moore is out there, and I say, and Williams Lambert too. I think is yeah, in a wild there's, card. We forgot about him too. You yeah. know what about Naaman Roosevelt? I don't see him coming back. I just think. Unless, Unless it's he, really he, a bargain sweetheart yeah. deal. And I we all like him, and he did everything he could. He was great in second down situations last year. Off the top of my head, one touchdown or two last one, he, had, he has one touchdown in his last 22 games. Yeah, so that kind of makes you wonder a little bit. He's such a good guy, though, and such a good – but I just think they have enough that they can get by without him and go a little younger maybe. That like. might be where it was a situation where they say, okay, we're going we're, we're gonna to sign a guy for 70000 and Yeah. You know, and uh, if it doesn't pan out, maybe maybe Neyman is a uh, – Neyman didn't sign, resign right away in free agency last year. Maybe no. – Maybe there's a situation where that takes a few days, and then the market dictates that he returns. But I'm not sure they're going to go full bore after him in free agency. Having said that, they're probably re-signing him as we speak. What a, and it, I know I was going to make a comparison to last year. What was the talk about free agency last year? It was quarterbacks, quarterbacks, quarterbacks. And looking at the there's list. There's nothing of, now. There's nothing. Wherever wherever Matt Nichols ends up. Toronto. Toronto. And the other guys are going like, you don't even really want to. The writers could use, and I'm not saying, having Cody Fajardo is great and Isaac Harker's. Future still and uh, Brian, but they still could. You still that you'd like to have a veteran presence back there, even though you can't carry three, three quarterbacks. Yeah, what are you going to do with that guy, though? Yeah, I know that's the thing. Is the rules kind of? But it'd be nice if you had a veteran guy there. But they don't really need it. They got so, away with it last year. Yeah, and they got you know give them credit this year for signing Cody in October to that two year deal. It takes all the question marks, all the uncertainty about their mm-hmm. quarterbacks and. Did he take less money? What he might he got? Look at the Nick Arbuckle contract. I know. And you go. If you look at the Arbuckle contract, and you're thinking, man, did the Riders get a sweet deal with Cody yeah. Fajardo? It's still really good money. 
It's I mean it's no, north of holding, quarter, holding north of hundred thousand dollars for Cody yeah. Fajardo. But when you look at what Nick uh, what Nick Arbuckle made starting seven games, Cody Fajardo starting sixteen, being a CFL All Star in the West Division's most outstanding player, you're thinking that if Cody Fajardo goes to free agency, you're talking five hundred grand just yeah. to even begin talking to Cody Fajardo. I kind of wonder if he'll ever go to free agency. I just get the sense he kind of likes Regina. He kind of likes knowing where he's going to be. I know a little while back we kind of have a media blitz that he talked to on all the people guys. And I was kind of thinking why did he do that? Because he's sitting at home bored, and he wants he loves talking to people. So yeah, I think a tremendous, kind of, tremendous person. So that was a great signing. So it takes. So they're lucky they don't need a quarterback. They don't really or a backup quarterback. I know they. So yeah. or they and they don't need a backup quarterback. They're no, set there. They're set there. They don't really need a running back. You know you have. Well, be nice. William Powell's thirty-two. Yes. But sometimes when you're in your but 30s, he's got three one thousand yard gains in his last three seasons, led the league in rushing touchdowns. Should have led the league in t- playoff rushing touchdowns last yeah. in nineteen. We know about that. But you one. never know. But they have Adley thing- Simon. There's a Canadian kid who's shown a lot of potential. Maybe he can step up. You know, they don't really have a superstar like like with at least Marcus Thigpen, which didn't really surprise me. I think Marcus was just he's old, older, nice guy. Just really didn't contribute as much as you would have liked from a veteran like that, but I don't think they need. Phil Powell can carry them for another year. I think, you hope. Sure. You hope so. You just yeah. don't know. They're also sometimes s- turning thirty, going from thirty-one to thirty-two, or thirty-two to thirty-three, or thirty-three to thirty-four. That yeah. can change a lot. Well, that's Thigpen, and, and so you're hoping. Yeah, Marcus Thigpen's a classic example. At thirty-two, he was really explosive. At thirty-three, it just wasn't the same. Yeah. So, I would suspect that there is some some tread left on the tires for William Powell, but. It's strange. You know, Robert Mims in 1996 at 32 was the most outstanding player in the West Division. Mike Robert Mims in 1997 started the season with the Riders running back, and by the end of the year was Mike Saunders. So yeah. you just don't know. The running backs are tough. So I'm kind of interested in see what Atlee Simon can do. I know he's, he's a Canadian and stuff. Maybe he's got the potential. Maybe he's ready to step up. We'll see what happens. I know we'll just get offensive line they're set. Pretty well set. You know, they've yeah. just... But you wonder what what they're going to do. Like, what about Dar- Darius Bladek? What about yeah. uh, what about uh, um, uh, Blake Philip Blake? Philip Blake. You know, but uh, for the most part, if you look at think... it, um, Taron Vaughn left yeah. tackle, uh, Brendan Labatt left guard, Dan Clark center, Dakota Shepley right guard, and Takobi Cofield. I would think the right tackle. I'm just not sure there's room for Thaddeus Coleman now. No, now I that now that Cofield has re- signed a new deal. But there's there's some good. Offensive lineman out there, like Riker Matthews, see, an East Division All Star left tackle could be could be here for a while. He's another young. But where guy. do you where do you put him? I know where do you play him up. He's going to sign somewhere where he can start. Start, yeah, but there's Vaughn and Cofield aren't guaranteed starters. I don't think. Yet. No, but they're pretty good. They're pretty. Jacoby Cofield was really good in 2018. Yeah. Taron Vaughn was was very good last. So was Thaddeus. Thaddeus yeah. was Thaddeus. Thaddeus, but he's unfortunately he's 36. I think off he's the top 30. Of turned 35 this year. Yeah, so he's born in 85. Yeah, so. so he's a little bit older and stuff, but he's a good guy. Aren't we all? Uh, scooting over to the defensive side, they're pretty set. No, resigning AC Leonard. Charleston Hughes takes him out of the, I think the Willie Jefferson chase. I yeah. don't think unless they surprises and but I think Eleanor would be pretty annoyed if he found out they saw Willie Jefferson and he's resigned to being a backup. But that was a pretty good uh linebacking is the big Well you know, defensive tackle too. You no, know, they they've got solid players there, Mac, Mac Henry, Zach Evans and uh Shabil DeBeer and Charbel DeBeer. Charbel DeBeer and I'm just dropped my name on the fourth guy that was in that group. But uh no, there's some good if they want to probably need an American in there somewhere. So Dylan Wynn, you know, he's going to command. That's going to cost a lot of money. But he's good. He changed, he's like 
same thing as when Micah Johnson came here. He changed games in the middle of the field. Did he? I think he did. I really thought. He really? Did. I like the way he played in the middle. Not Micah Johnson did. You know, not with the Riders this year before okay. he came. Okay. Here. Yeah. Thank you. And I don't. I, I I thought Micah did what he could do. I don't know. He that could, wasn't a two hundred and fifty thousand. No, it wasn't year. worth that money. But he did what he was supposed to do. I guess this was pressure, and he had. I to think it, for that money, you need to be able to praise the play more effusively than that. Yeah. So, but, but there is that I, there is that void. I, he, I think that's something they have to somehow address. There's, but there's, you know, the Chibi could go Drake Nevis from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, a run stopping, run stopping, stopping uh, yeah. guy. If you, again, that's going to cost you some dough. Yeah. So, but they showed Jeremy Daystrow. He's willing to spend money on yeah. defensive tackle last year, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if he does it again. Linebackers, Will's covered. They need a Sam, strong side linebacker yeah, with Moncrief gone, Moncrief gone, and, and a Mac with. Uh, no, it's, well, they could they could sign Solomon Aluminium. Aluminium. <laughs> Aluminium. Aluminium. Now I'm some, doing it. Aluminium. I compare, you look at him and Larry Dean and and just and Justin Tuggle and those middle linebackers guys, they're all the numbers were similar. They all, Dean's going to call, Dean was a $200,000 a year guy. So that's 50 grand more than I think Solomon got last year in his salary. So it's going to cost money for a, a big, for a Mac to do that. I kind of think go back to Solly, Solly, keep him for another year. He, yeah. There was nothing wrong with his game. He started off hurt. He didn't get a lot of respect, and he just kept playing and playing and playing. And I think he got better yeah. as mean, the season progressed. He's going to be 34. Four, 34. 34. Again, you, you, you know, you have to be wary. I pointed to the running back example earlier. There's also, there's also the Baron Simpson um, mm-hmm. precedent. In 2010, Baron Simpson was brought in at the Riders middle, as a Riders middle linebacker north of 30, had a really good year. They bring him back the next year, 2011, wasn't the same player. And that's 33 turning 34. So, again, everybody is different, but I think that, I think you can say with with maybe a few exceptions that you never you can't really bank on it when you're talking about players yeah. who are creeping into their mid-30s. So, but he played through a bank but, but he played really well. And a broken thumb yeah. early in the season, so he played that. And he was good, and he's like, I don't know we keep saying this stuff. He's a leader in the locker room. The guys follow him. Yeah. Cameron Judge says he was re- one of the reasons why it was a successful season. So it might be the easy way. Bring Solly back or go with, spend some money and get some other guy. At Sam, I know it's kind of a weird one. Patrick Levels from Montreal I keep looking at. He's a str- He played strong, so Sam linebacker. He's a defensive back, but he has the variety. He can play both positions. He can play defensive backfield. And they basically treat their Sam as a defensive back. I don't know if people realize this last year. Moncrief never practiced with the linebackers. He always practiced with the defensive backs because they realized his job was to be a cover guy. So they don't really have to teach him to do linebacking skills. He's got to learn to be a defensive back. So Levels could do that. They could also maybe go back to Frankie Williams, throw him in the corner, move L.J. McCray up to Sam. You know, could Purifoy play up? Purifoy could play up. Edom can play there too. So they have so many issues, but this. Sam is such a coverage position that you can almost take a guy and plug him in there and play. Moncrief did that for the first half of the season. I don't know. If, I wasn't blown away in the second wasn't half. Wasn't quite as uh, robust a no. performer in the I second half. I don't know half, what happened. No, you and I talk about that, and we kind of look back and go, yeah, he just, but hey, still a good year he's going to Vegas, offer. baby, and we aren't. So yeah. I guess that's. You're going good. to Mexico, though. I'm going to Mexico. That's very true. Not too far, but I'm going to Moose first. So we got in the second, and then uh, Max secondary we've covered. Special teams, they're covered at place kicker or a punter, a place kicker with Lowther. 
Um, You're presuming he's going to have a better year than yeah. he did last year. And they got Ryan I back. think last year was an anomaly for Brett Lothar. They have to address the returner issue. And I kind of wonder, sometimes, do you have to spend money on a returner or can you just, maybe you should be able to find a returner on your neg list? You should be able to. But, you know, if they have the money and is going to spend the money, I see a guy like Frankie Williams being a, a pretty good investment on my, my mind that I think... You know, you can't ask for more than the special teams player of the year. Yeah, and your head coach is a special teams coach, and he's going to want yep. good special teams. And, and, and by and large, they were okay last year. They had issues, obviously, with allowing punt return yep. touchdowns, as did many teams. Um, they signed, but they've, re- got, they've, got to be, they've got to be a more explosive team. They re-signed Jorgen Hughes, which is always a good one. But Jorgen didn't snap on field goals. It was Alexander Gagne for some reason. John Ryan just preferred it. So, you know, maybe they can get along better this year and you'll have just one guy. It's kind of unusual to have two different long snappers, my mind. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know it's not, they, it's not that they don't get along. You know, it's just different. Yeah, they're not, yeah, I'm just joking about getting along. It's just different. The ball t- t- came back differently from Gagne on field goals as compared to punts. But do you really need two long snappers like playing at the same time? But it seemed to work because Gagne was – the leading special you know, teams tackler. The, the fact that we didn't talk about the long snappers at all last year tells me that it worked just fine. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty good... You know, I did a piece a few years ago on Corey, Corey, Huck, Corey Huckluck, and the angle was nobody ever talks to the long snapper oh, yeah. until there's a, a, a miscue. And um, so we kind of joked about it, and he said, you know, with all due respect, I'd just rather stay out of the news. He was happy to do the interview, but generally they're not topical to them. Yep. It's a snap. And we talked about the long period of time that Corey Huckluck had gone without uh, blowing a snap. Within a week or two of that, I think a snap ended somewhere in Whitmore Park. So <laughs> I think I jinxed them. You can uh, do that very well. I think, you know, you have to wonder about the, of their pending free agents. I just thought the guys I don't think will be back. And actually, I kind of thought Let's Gain, go through that list. Gainey was, it was a very short list. Gainey was on yeah, my Yeah, Justin list. Dunk last week uh, on, on CKRM Sports Cage said that it was a long shot for Ed Gainey to return. Yeah, I kind of thought so. it was Ed Gainey. But, you know, I kind of think, I don't think Micah Johnson's coming back. I just think that's a gone. It's not a very long list. That is Coleman's. I don't think he's coming back just because we discussed uh, Darius Bladdock, Darius Bladdock. Is, the way it's the season ended as a backup, not a very happy backup doing his job. He wants to go someplace where he can start. He can play center and guard. And, and he can, and he can, and he can start. So. so, yeah, he's going to be gone. But good guy. To be very good guy. I, I go back and forth on Solomon, depending on how they're going to go on the linebackers. And stuff. I think this is, you know what he can do within that system. And you know what he brings you as a as a human being, so unless the unless the bidding war is outlandish for Solomon Alamimian, I think you make that yeah. deal. And there's Neyman Roosevelt, who I don't think about Sam Hurl. I don't know what what they're going to do to you. He loves playing the game, and you really admire that in a guy, and you really like that in a special teamer. But do you want to have just a special teamer? So I don't know if he'll be back or not. Well, you need a certain complement of them in this league. Yeah, and so just, he's kind of the guys I. In my top of my head, who out as far as the free agents and, and you've alluded to some of them already. As far as the pending free agents who are currently under contract, to other teams, who are the biggies? Well, I hate to say Willie Jefferson's an absolute huge one. I think he's he's a free agent that'll change a team, and I would hope I would think he's going back to Winnipeg. I would think because the way he talks, but he could be gone to the NFL. That's a huge guy. Uh, I think Riker Matthews is another guy. I think he's a defensive ta- an offensive tackle that can change your team. As running backs, he gets injured a bit, but C.J. Gable's a good guy. He can make a difference with the kind yeah. of a team. Receivers-wise, I think Darrell Walker is a guy that's going to draw lots of attentions. 
I'm kind of a Dominique Rhymes type of guy, I think. I think he can be a you know kind of these sneaky contributors. Well, he, well he's in a very good. Well, well, ask Nick Marshall what kind of receiver exactly Dominic Rhymes kind of, is. And I'll know it's Jessica. It's the guy. Or the, I don't even want to attempt to pronounce his name. The receiver with Calgary, Brishani, Breskison. Breskison. He's a sneaky, kind of a sleeper guy. You know, didn't have a By whole the end of the year, I finally figured out the difference between Begleton and Breskison. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Begleton, imagine if Begleton had, if Begleton's oh, with the Packers. He was tremendous. But he'd be, he'd be the number one guy, I, I think even ahead of Jefferson, but maybe not ahead of Jefferson. Among the defensive backs, I'm a, a levels kind of guy, but I like this Brandon Dozier, played for BC, kind of a strong CFL All-Star with Montreal, missed it this year, but another big name. Are those names big enough for you? Not It's not the it's same not, marquee value as last year. I mean, a year ago... It was, are the Riders going to go after Mike Riley? It turns out they were really getting ready to throw a vault at uh, yeah. Levi Mitchell. It's not at all like last year's free no. agents class. And, I, and I'm thinking back, remember at 13, the Riders went out to build a pretty good free agent class back there. You think about Ricky Foley and, and Dwight Anderson and Wendell Brown and... Uh, Weldon. Weldon. Jeez, I'm having a one John up. Chick. John Chick, all these guys. and they Plus they had Labatt and Picard from the year before. And they had a strong free agent class that they built that 13 team. And voila, they won a great cup. I don't think they're in the same position to have to do that because one big reason, this team's coming off 13 wins. 13 wins. The team in 12 had, what, eight? Eight. So, you know, they're already five wins ahead of that team in 12 on this team already. That's a pretty so – so that they're that much ahead. They've had a West final at home. They've had So they're ahead of the team in that way. So I don't think they have to go as hard in free agency – to fill the holes, but they can complement get some good guys that are going to fill holes and complement things. And who knows what happens after that? I, I think re-signings are the key for this team. Yeah. I think but do you want Manny do, Arsenal back if he's playing slot back? Yeah, yeah. I don't want Manny Arsenal as the right receiver. I don't. I don't understand why, in the case of Williams Lambert and in the case of Arsenal, you didn't play him inside. Well, move Corey Watson outside. That's where he should and been. play Williams Lambert or or Arsenal inside. I'm not sure that you can accurately appraise Manny Arsenal when you're putting him as the wide side wide out. Yeah, no, like never... why are why are you um, why are you doing that? But did, he scored touchdowns in the locker room though. Yeah, and the, you can't measure them. You can't. They don't count in the score sheet. But you know, introducing the big play chain and that kind of stuff was something that helped this team. They needed something to rally around. Yeah, I think he does. But there's intangibles. But yeah, I, I still think Manny Arsenal can play if you put him inside, outside. It just it was just. It just seems I remember easy. when the Riders decided in 2010 to move Jason Claremont to wide out. Like, why are you doing this? <laughs> Jason Claremont is a wide out. You know, I mean, nice great receiver, but was, you know. and as playing wide out, he did score that touchdown against BC in the West semifinal. But like, yeah. why are you why are you doing this? You've got a tremendous player who's proven he can do it at one position. Why are you? In the case of Claremont, they had so much depth that I, that was part of it. But why did they just not play Corey Watson outside and put Williams Lambert or Lambert or uh, or Manny Arsenal inside? I think the fact that that Williams Lambert is under contract for next year yeah. um, would uh, would preclude them from from resigning Manny Arsenal. You've got to work Williams Lambert into the offense from day one. We saw what he could do in 2018. They didn't give him a chance to do that last year. I think. We have to overlook it, but Craig Dickinson's already scored a free agent touchdown in my mind with the signing of Jason Moss. I think it was, and really, like I don't know, he wanted to come here, they wanted him, and there's an offensive court. Nothing, but if you look at the measurables, I know you don't, but I just think the immeasurables are going to be. I think he's going to he's going to be the quarterbacks coach, and I think he's going to be. 
I mean, if you look at the the Edmonton Eskimos offensive rankings, average yards per, per game, and, and I, I wrote about this shortly after um, Jason yeah. Moss signed. I think Jason Mars Moss, is a, if, if you're not going to keep Stephen McAdoo, that's the best guy you could get. So that's fine. But, but if you compare the numbers and the productivity of the Eskimos offense last year compared to the Rough Riders offense last year, and if you were to take yeah, the quarterback, if you, if, you were, for, if you were to race the names and say, okay, um, let's take a look at um, Team A and Team B, who, which offensive coordinator would you rather have, that of Team A and Team B, or or Team B, and not tell anybody it's Jason Moss or Stephen McAdoo? You look at those numbers, and you would say, I'll take the Team A with McAdoo in a lot of cases, but um, West Division Final. That yeah. had to be what did it, because that was awful. Yeah, it was a... you know before that, Stephen McAdoo really wasn't mentioned a lot. You see, you and I seem to be the only ones that are in his corner. Yeah, <laughs> I, that that was one of the crusades. I thought I thought they should have brought him back. Yeah, but then Jason Mods came available. You know, but uh, um, a lot of the well, a lot of what I thought last year was disproven. But so, also, Edmonton's quarterback was hurt for how many games is Trevor Harris out? Seven, and the backup was Logan Kilgore, I think. Yeah, okay. so. But if you look at Jason, uh, Trevor Harris and Cody Fajardo both threw about the same amount of passes because because they threw a lot more in Edmonton. Yeah. So even though even though Harris was out, games, but yeah. if you look at some of the numbers and you, you stack Fajardo against against Harris, I still think it's a pretty good comparison. Uh, it's it's apples to apples when you look at passing attempts, yeah. and uh, and uh, the Rough Riders looked uh, pretty good in that situation. So, but I mean that's that's water under the. What do you think the, the pressure is on? You know, we get it out there on, on Craig Dickinson and Jeremy O'Day. Is it different this year? Is there pressure on them? Oh, it's or is it immense. Just, you know, why I mean, do you say that? Um, plus, they've they've set the bar. They've done everything except get to a great cup since they hired Chris Jones. Yeah. Uh, they talk about sustained success here. And since they started talking about sustained success, they haven't been in a great cup. They flirted with it as they did in the 27 East final. Yeah. They flirted with it last year by hosting or playing host to the West final. And they they and uh, they they had a home playoff game in 2018, and their quarterback got hurt. But they still haven't gotten to the Grey Cup during the period in which sustained success yeah. has been <laughs> the benchmark. Now, you you can't say that they haven't been successful, but they haven't achieved success at the highest tier. And with the Grey Cup here this year, and with them having finished first last year, won 13 games, played host to a West Division final, the only progressive step is to get to Grey Cup. Mm-hmm. And the bar is set very high. You know, you, you win 12 games and don't finish first, it's still a pretty good year, but it's a letdown unless you get to the, get to the Grey Cup. Remember in 13, I think Brendan Tamman said he wasn't feeling the pressure. He tried to say there wasn't pressure till after it was over. Yeah. And plus, it's the first Grey Cup in a new stadium. Yeah. So you've got, a, you've got this showpiece stadium and, you, and, and uh, you've got to get to the Grey Cup in this year, this year and, and, and win it. And it's going to be like the field and the game's going to be great. It sounds like just the rumblings here. It's going to be quite the festival too, and I think people are going to want to come to Regina for it. But it's you know, you look at you look at uh, ninety five was an outlier because it didn't really matter who played in the game that year. That was the first Grey Cup yeah. in Regina. That was amazing. But in in two thousand and three, does anybody even talk about the two thousand and three Grey Cup? Right. It was successful financially. It was a, it was a lot of fun, but the fact that the riders. Lost to Edmonton in the West Final that year, kind of took the steam out of Grey Cup week, and yeah. nobody really talks affectionately about the 2003 Grey Cup. So look at 2020. If the Riders play host to that, or if, the, if Regina play Regina plays host to that game, the Riders aren't in it. I'm sure a lot of people will have a lot of fun, 
Yeah, but it's not the what's the void? It's t- 2003 all over again. Yeah, but the people always say, remember 13. Remember how much fun we had in 13 yeah. in the rides. And it was fun. It was fun to be – just everything gets elevated more when the riders are competitive and looking at and playing well. We, we all remember what happens in 11 and 15 and those those down years, how it's kind of a grind, but it's fun when it's a, when they're playing well. But it all – free agency kicks off. We haven't heard a whole lot of uh, – Talk about the new free agent window, whether it's working. It appears to be working. Well, who knows? Because someone, someone Twitter says, well, they should be releasing all these figures. Well, this is a league that doesn't tell anybody it's sorry. It's the last thing they're going to do is talk about negotiations taken on behind closed doors. Yeah. So but it will be a shotgun start on, on Tuesday at 11, on the, on the 11th at 11. Can't be, yeah. It kind of takes away that excitement of, as I wrote about, Rodell Willis signed four minutes after the free agent window opened, and everyone says, how can he possibly do that? Because he knew it was collusion or tampering. But I think it'll be kind of fun to watch that happen now, and we'll see what the riders do and where they come out of this. And then we're off to curling and moose Absolutely. So anything else you want to add? I've run out of stuff. Well, then we're done. Yeah. Um, thank you for joining us. We're going to do another uh, uh podcast uh next week uh still pondering the timing it kind of depends how the free agency goes Mm -hmm. but um we will be back next week once the initial flurry of free agency is over to discuss what the rough riders have done and and if necessary what remains to be done so mer thank you so much for doing this uh for murray mccormick i'm rob vanstone and we will talk to you next week thanks for your time and take care